0: Lord, thank you for your grace toward us. Thank you for the life we have in you and for this time where we just get together and look into heavenly things. Thank you for feeding us that we might feed others the true bread that came down from above, the bread that if you eat of this bread, you shall live forever. The water that if you drink this you will not thirst again Lord thank you for the spiritual reality of union with you thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that breathes in our words and brings life for your words are spirit and life thank you for your gentleness thank you that you comfort us Thank you that you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking about, you know, as we approach the uh, new year, you start thinking about the previous year, you start thinking about the future, you start thinking about how things have gone and how things will go and... I just want to share some thoughts that that help, at least in my own personal life, help guide my life, because really, I heard Joel Osteen this morning on TV talking about how life really isn't all about the destination, but it's about the journey, and that's so true. If you live your whole life looking for the destination, looking for the, the goal, uh, he, he brought the uh, example of... Uh, I think it was I forget which football star, Dean is it Sanders. Dean Sanders maybe. Um he's, his whole goal was to win the Super Bowl and be in the Super Bowl and and he was talking about because he's a believer, he's a, he, he found out when he got there, won the Super Bowl, that he had everything he got home that night and he was like, you know, is this it? And that's the example that Joel brought out that if you live your life looking for that 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 destination, that goal, that that achievement, that Super Bowl, we miss the journey because life really is all about the journey because every dream we have, God will give us another dream as we fulfill that dream and another dream and another dream. And so it really is about walking with Him in the journey. So I'm thinking about, um, so, I wanted, so I was thinking about this and, and how important it is to, uh, to live in the present moment. It's good to have goals, of course, and have dreams, but it's very important to live in the present moment and enjoy Christ in the present moment and enjoy our brothers and sisters because we're not always going to be together on earth. People will come and go in our life and it's just so important that we take the time to tell people how much we love them as God sends them across our path. Living in the present moment with Christ. Because when you're living in the present moment with Christ, you will love. Can't help. The love of Christ will compel you to reach out to people around you and touch and encourage and say a word and and uh, but if you're living like that future destiny stuff, people will go right past you that really secretly are praying, Oh God, God, say a word, I need to hear a word, I need to hear I just need a hug, oh God, I need a hug, you know, and then and they're gone and um and you've got our eyes are on the that that goal or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's just really important to to um and that's part of rest i think that's part of being at rest in christ and content to be rest to be in rest and restful in christ and content in him produces a a lifestyle of enjoying the moment enjoying the journey enjoying people you know our brothers and sisters and people that are not even in Christ yet that uh, need a word of encouragement and um so I was just thinking about those thoughts you know about how you know the quality of life that we live it's so important that we um that we slow down and that's the one thing the enemy likes to do is just get us going fast, 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 especially during the holidays, you know, fast, 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 to where it's just a blur. And um, that verse that uh, Kim was going to look up for me. Why don't you to read it for me, Kim? Yeah, talk about the where Martha and Mary and... Yeah. You can read yeah. Yeah. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 1042. Yeah, that's good. And then right before, before that. Yeah, before it was. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which should not be taken away from her. Yeah, that's awesome. What is that, Luke chapter? Luke chapter 10, and 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. Awesome verse because Jesus actually tells us there that there's only one thing needful. That's pretty cool. It's one thing, just one thing to live this life successfully. And the one thing is what Mary did. Martha was worried and burdened, burdened about so many things and very busy and to the point where she was accusing her sister of not doing the right thing and complaining to the Lord about her sister and, you know, that kind of stuff. And here's Mary Who chose the one thing Jesus said is necessary, and that is to rest. She was sitting at his feet. At his feet, she was looking at him, listening to him, focused on him. And see, the religious mind or the natural way of thinking says that's pretty much a waste of time. We got things to do. We got work to do. We got projects. We've got goals we've got dreams whatever but the secret is paul said he labored more than them all he was a labor he worked harder than them all then he quickly said when he said all all the other apostles but then he quickly said yet not i but it was the the grace of god in me was laboring in me the power of god working in me because the love of christ will compel us if we are living in that place of rest so it's not like you become this grace couch potato, you know, where you just, you know, sit on the couch and don't do anything. And it's, a, it's one of the secrets of the dynamics of God is that if we choose what Mary chose, the one thing needful, we will receive, receive so much energy from the Spirit, so much vision, so much life, so much peace, so much strength, all the things we need, to accomplish all that he is going to accomplish through us in loving our families and our children and our friends, our brothers and sisters and, and enjoying the moment in him and all those things. So I think I love that. One thing is needful to sit at his feet, to rest, to focus on him, to hear from him, receive from him. Like Clark says so many times to be a good receiver. It's so key. He who has received this, this, Abundant grace the scripture says, he who has received this abundant grace and the gift, a gift, another rece- another receiving word, the gift he who has received this abundant grace in Christ and the gift of righteousness, not, something we can never earn or never perform enough to get the gift of righteousness shall reign in life, shall rule in life by one Christ Jesus. In other words, life will not be ruling you, but you'll be ruling in life. Life won't be getting us running around in circles, but we will be at peace as we're supposed to be in moving from that place of center, the center in here. Some of the old saints used to talk about centering prayer. You can read some old books about how some of the saints talked about centering prayer is, is just a term that referred to being still. And knowing that he is God, as the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Center, center yourself in him. Remember, basically remember your union with him, that he is your center. Just taking a few minutes to do that is amazing. That is what Mary did. She chose to stop and center herself in him. And, of course, Paul talks about that all the time. You know, set your mind on things above and fix your eyes on Jesus and center Because the flesh is always, you know, but the spirit is, comes from a place of peace and rest and knowing that we cannot do anything apart from God. We can't do anything. Jesus had that center in himself. He said, I can do nothing. Even the son, he said, the son can do nothing of himself without the father. So he lived in that place of union and dependency saying that even the words I speak are not my words, but the words of my Father. And the works I do are not my works, but the works of my Father who dwells within me. He never forgot that, 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 that awareness. I said that, I've said this before, but just like, like in real estate, uh, we always say in real estate the key to real estate is location, location, location. Well, the key to the spiritual life in Christ, I believe, is awareness, awareness, awareness. Awareness of him, awareness of union, awareness that we live out of our center in him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit, Paul said. Our human spirit has been joined to the Lord's spirit and now now is one spirit. It's phenomenal. The human spirit has been joined with the spirit of God and now mingled together, Paul says, is one spirit. And we live from that place. Our, Our innermost being, Jesus called it. At, out of your innermost being shall rivers of living water flow. But how, how, Lord, how does that happen if you believe on me? Simple. Just look to me, see me, be aware of what I've done and forget not who you are. All those things, you know, just the simplicity of Christ is so key You know, Paul talked to the Corinthians. He said, I'm afraid that you Corinthians are being seduced to be moved to complexity. See, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a tree of complexity. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a tree of complexity. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, I'm, I'm afraid you Corinthians are, are being beguiled like Eve was when Eve went to the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong and got wrapped up in the complexity of trying to figure out life as opposed to the tree of life and simply receive life. As, as Clark said um, Christmas Eve and previ- previously, it's a matter of being, being, and not doing. This, I mean, this is is this is this striking a chord. I mean, it's huge. If 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 we begin to see um, his this way of his, it will promote a um, the awareness will grow in us more and more of. Of uh the truth that Christ is my life to live is Christ, the scripture says um, i loved I saw this once in a in a magazine it 's like um they had this verse. Be still and know that I am God. It's in the scriptures somewhere. You know, you can always say that. Um, you don't have to know the chapter and verse because the Holy Spirit actually said that in the book of Hebrews. When he wrote, whoever wrote Hebrews, it says, somewhere in the scriptures it says this. So, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. so, so we, we have Holy Spirit precedent to be able to simply say somewhere in the scriptures it says this without chapter and verse okay be still and know that i am god is a scripture somewhere i think it's in the psalms but proverbs i'm not sure um but what i saw in this magazine one time was really cool it said it it took this verse and it said be still and know that i'm god is of course that's god speaking to us and the next line said be still and know and the next one said uh, be still and then it finally just said be I like that be still and know that I am God did you hear what I said be still and know did you really hear me be still did you really hear me? Be. I love that. So one thing is needful, Jesus said, and that's what, you know, I, I just want to live my life that way. I want to live more and more centered, focused on him and at rest. Secondly, there's something else that is that uh, helps me in my journey that is really a really huge help in my journey in Christ. And that is where Paul says in the Philippian letter, he said, we're talking here about, you know, this, this one thing of focusing on, focusing on Jesus himself and receiving from him and at rest. And then Paul says in the Philippian letter, he says, he says this, is one, this is another one of those one things. He goes, this one thing I do. It's not that he didn't do this too, but he's, he's referring to another aspect of his life. He says, this one thing I do, he says, this one thing I do, I forget that which is past. I forget that which is past. And I press forward to the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes people will read that, those verses and they, they think, because later in that context, he says, he goes, not that I've already attained, I have not attained, but I, I seek to attain that for which I've been apprehended for by Christ. Now, what he's saying there, he's not saying he's not complete in Christ. He's not saying he's not already righteous in Christ. He's not, saying, he's not reversing everything he said in his other letters. Because remember what we said, if, if there's a verse or there's a line that seems to be ambiguous when, or unclear, you don't interpret it by changing that which is clear you, you take that which is clear and look at that which is unclear so you interpret you always interpret the unclear verses in scripture in light of what is clear you never change what is clear because then you get into all confusion and religion and so forth so what is Paul saying there what he's saying there is, is, is really cool when you see it he's saying I was apprehended for a purpose by Christ and I want to fulfill that that uh, purpose and the purpose is that the Christ that lives in Paul might be fully manifested. That's all he's saying that the Christ inside of him would be fully manifested in every way that men would see Christ and not Paul completely. And that's a process of the renewal of the mind and bearing fruit and more fruit. That's a process of that, that which already is gets out and is manifested. And so that's what he's talking about, that journey of, of fulfilling what God has called me to be and do in, in terms of manifesting Christ. But the key verse here, I think, is where he says, I forget that which is past. Sometimes the enemy will come at us and, and bring, up, bring to our minds all these things we've done wrong. The enemy will bring to our minds all these things uh, situations where in relationships we we wish we had not had that fight with that person or i wish this or the enemy will bring to us relationships or, or bring to us thoughts that so-and-so doesn't like me or so-and-so doesn't you know why don't they like me Why you know all these different things why is she mad at me why is he mad at me why you know all these things and then we sometimes try to fix the past we try to fix the things you know and one of the keys, I believe, in the spiritual journey is to do what Paul says. He goes, "This one thing I do, I forget that which just passed." Because 99 times out of 100, these things, these voices and these they're not even real in terms of so-and-so you, you, know, you think so-and-so doesn't like me because they did this or that." And then you find out, no, they just had a bad day they did. They, had, they, they, were, ha- they were having gas. That's why they looked at you funny. They had gas that day, but the enemy was like, "Make this, make this a big thing," or you know what I'm saying? It's it's amazing how much we take in and we think and we worry about the, you know this person or that thing or this situation or that because we don't do what Paul did. Paul says, "I forget that which is past," and, and he's referring to his life of mistakes and you know where he used to persecute the church and you know he did a lot of things wrong because he. You know didn't see the truth and and he hasn't he didn't live the perfect life even in Christ. you know we see that in Romans seven, how he found himself doing the very things he hated sometimes as he tried to learn how to live by the life of Christ within because he learned through that the power of sin in the flesh, and through that God taught him that oh, that's not really me that's the power of sin in the flesh so so he could teach us in his letters, so he went through a lot of junk, you know he had that fleshly thorn in his flesh that he prayed over and over again in the the scripture it says he prayed three times but in the greek it doesn't say three times it means he he prayed over and over and over and over again so it was not just three times so he prayed over and over and over again that god would remove this thorn in his flesh a messenger of satan sent to buffet him we don't know who that was or what that was exactly and I'm glad he kept it kind of vague because you can fit your situation kind of in there because sometimes we have situations where we wish god take this away please and so we can relate to what he went through and he said you know i just god showed me that his grace is sufficient for me and that i will boast in my need of god and my weaknesses and my tribulations i'll boast in that now i see i can i can actually boast in my need of god for for when i am weak i am strong For the power of Christ will rest upon me when I trust in him. So that's the second thing that I've learned. That first, the first thing is to focus on Jesus himself, as Mary did, as the one thing needful in my life. And not think that that is too simplistic, because that is the wisdom of God. He put everything in Christ, that we might receive everything through Christ. For all the treasures, all the treasures of wisdom. And knowledge are hidden in him. See, God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. The foolish, I mean, the religious or the natural mind says that's too simplistic. And that's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it appears to the natural man, it appears to the Harvard graduate and the Yale graduate as being way too simplistic. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the good news because it is the wisdom of God. Because in Christ, I find another world, another reality. I find a new creation. I find a new heart. I find a new person. I find who I am. I find God, my father. I find the, the true reality, the truth and the truth sets us free. So, and secondly, forgetting that which is past, don't let all these things pile up in your mind. Um, I'm not even talking about, you know, unconfessed sin. And we be, hopefully we're beyond that where we realize that God's not holding our sins against us. I'm just talking about nagging thoughts about how I could have done it better. Nagging thoughts about how um, I wish I wouldn't have gotten into that fight or that struggle with that person. Or nagging thoughts about why they don't like me or he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me. That kind of stuff. Forgetting that which is past continuing to rest. Another thing I've learned is that really helps me is to, um, Paul said we should acknowledge the good thing that is in each one of us by Christ Jesus. Acknowledge the good thing that is in each one of us by Christ Jesus. It's very important for us to see Christ in each other and encourage our brother and sister See, we don't, we, the, law, the knowledge of sin was all through the law. We don't live in that dynamic anymore. We're not looking for sin. We're not looking for sin in the flesh. That was the old dynamic. That's the letter that kills. Because the flesh is the flesh. You can't improve on the flesh. Why are you, why are you talking about it? Why are you trying to improve somebody's flesh or modify their behavior through fear or condemnation? That's not God's way. Who told you you were naked, God said. See, that's not his way. But if we know no man after the flesh, but know them after the Spirit, then we can speak the truth one to another and remind each other, you're beloved of God. You're new in Him. You're righteous in Christ. You're at rest in Him. And acknowledge the good thing that we see in our brother and sister's lives when we see the patience and we see the love and the compassion and we see the diligence and we say, Oh man, God is really living through you, brother thanks thanks for being who you are in christ because what that does also is it releases a thought in thought process in you to see the good thing that is in you see as you and i reach out as you and i see each other after the spirit and after the flesh you begin to see yourself more after the spirit not after the flesh See, the more, you, the more you see your brother and sister, you start living that way, and you see, your, you see your brother and sister in Christ, then you will also not be so hard on yourself. You won't see yourself after the flesh as much. You'll see who you really are. And you'll also hear from your brother and sister words coming back to you. As you have spoken to them, they will speak to you and say, Man, I just really appreciate it. I see God in you. Thanks for doing this or so and so. I saw you the other day do this and I just really saw God and you Thanks so much for just who you are. You know, just encouraging us. And that doesn't breed pride because it's all about Christ. They're seeing Him in us. And so it, it encourages your faith. It's a very important dynamic to just to live that way no no man after the flesh anymore paul says but after the spirit and that means when you see an unbeliever you see them not as you don't see them in their sins as some wretched person you don't you don't despise them or look uh, condescendingly at them uh that's who we were in the flesh in sin what we do is we see an unbeliever as one who is simply dead spiritually you know them after the spirit so what do you see in the spirit i see no life I see no life, and they need life. And so, as John said in 1 John, he said, you see a brother, even a brother in sin, he said, pray that God would minister life. See, so even with, with a brother in sin, John says, pray that God would minister life to that brother, so he would remember who he is and encourage him in the spirit. Well, if you see an unbeliever living who he is because he's in the flesh, the same thing, the same truth, pray that he would receive life. Just what Jesus said to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she came, you know, and she had five divorces and she was living with a man who was not her husband. And Jesus didn't see her as this wretched sinner, you know, all these sins. He saw a woman who was thirsting for life. And he focused on, he had her focus on him. And he said, woman, it's not really about you. It's, it's, it's about me. If you knew who I was. You would ask of me and I'd give you water to drink and you would never thirst again. See, so he saw a thirsty person thirsting for life. That's how he wants us to see the world is not in their sins. That's why that's the whole message that God gave Peter when he brought the unclean animals down in the sheep. What God has cleansed no longer call unholy. Don't look at men like they're unholy anymore. God has cleansed them. They just they just don't know it. They're dead spiritually. They're alienated from the life of God. They're darkened in their understanding, but the entrance of His Word brings light. Speak to them of my love. Speak to them of this awesome mystery that they might receive life. Woman, if you only knew who I was, I'd give you water to drink and you would never thirst again. So that's something that that I think about in my life. You know, as I... It's important to live like that, to grow more and see our brothers and sisters in the Spirit and see people that are not in Christ in the Spirit who just need life. And that will come back to you. It will strengthen you. The legalist who is very critical and very judgmental against other people, whether they're in Christ or not in Christ, they also live a very... What's the word? A very... Um, rough life of, of, of self-hatred. They, they hate themselves. People who, who condemn a lot of people and criticize and judge, they secretly hate themselves because it works, it works back against them. And so they, they hate themselves. They hate who they are. They hate what they do. And so they, they spew this stuff out to others in, in hopes that they'd feel a little bit better about themselves because at least I'm not as bad as that guy. At least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. But secretly, they hate themselves. They believe the lie that who they are is who they are in the flesh as opposed to who they are in the spirit. So when we really see who we are in the spirit, we, we, we begin to, we are full of life. Instead of the letter that kills, and we try to straighten up everybody's lives around us, which I used to do, and when I was in legalism as a believer, I used to always, I was like the righteousness police, you know, and I was, I I was hating myself, I was down on myself, I was condemning myself, and I was trying to straighten everybody else's life up around me, you know, and it's a horrible way to live, and it's certainly not a place of rest, but in Christ, as you rest, and who the, who you, who you are in him, and who he is in you, there's a peace, there's a rest, where you don't, you you don't use the letter of the law that kills, but the spirit that gives life and you speak truth. I'm talking truth in terms of what is real in Christ, how God sees the world. That's truth. God's perspective, how he sees the world. And so then there's life that comes in your word. Your words become life and peace and, and it draws them to God. And even if they don't go to God right away, you plant seeds. Like Rob and I were talking about planting seeds I used, to, I used to think I had to persuade and convince everybody. And now what I do a lot is just I'll say something like the way the Lord did. He would just drop a seed. He will drop a word and let them ponder it. And they'd think about this because it's powerful. The truth is powerful. It's a seed that goes in and it germinates on the inside and begins to affect the mind. It's awesome. So, Planting seeds is a lot more restful. Pressure's off us because this thing is a revelation. And so you cannot turn on the light on the inside of somebody. It is a revelation. The Spirit reveals the things of God. But He uses us in our words to plant seeds. And that's why the Lord would just, you know, in the midst of all these religious people arguing and discussing issues, He would say, well, well, think about this. If David... If David called him, if, this, if the Messiah, he says, if the Messiah that's coming is, is to be the son of David, they would all agree, yes, of course, the scriptures say he's going to be the son of David. Well, then if he's going to be the son of David, how, why does David call him in this scripture, clearly a messianic scripture, why does David here call him his Lord? How can he be both the son of David and David's Lord? And they went... I never thought about that. (laughs) And he walked on. He left the seed. He left it and they began to think and ponder these things. And then they began to realize, you know, the spirit takes those seeds and then the the revelation begins to dawn on the inside. It's, It's not a matter of forcing it with people. It's a matter of Johnny Appleseed, you know, just going through life and in a place of rest, forgetting that which is past. All the mistakes that we've made that God's not counting against us anyway that the enemy would love to trip us up with and acknowledging the good thing that's in our brother and sister in the spirit, letting that come back to you from the, from your brother and sister and be encouraged planting seeds. And it's a great way to live. And this is how we bear much fruit by, by simply abiding, abiding in him. And one last word I'd like to say is this, is that, it's kind of a reference to this acknowledging the good thing in us by Christ Jesus. And that's this. That take time to acknowledge the changes that are happening in your own life. Yes, it's, it's very important that we acknowledge the changing, the changing or the manifestation of Christ in our brother and sister's life and receive it from our brother and sister as encouragement. But take, take time to look at your own life and rejoice that, wow, God is at work in me both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. I didn't have a desire to do this a year ago. And now I have a desire to do this, whatever it is. I have a desire to give or help this person. or For God is at work in me, both to will and to do, according to his good pleasure. The manifestation of the life of Christ coming forth. Because we're beat up enough. We're beat up by the enemy all the time by what you're not doing right. And the Lord wants us to remember what is happening that is right. And to remember that it's a mysterious thing. The renewal of the mind, the rewiring of our inner man, the new heart, the new creation, all of that is a very mysterious thing that cannot be understood. It can only be enjoyed. So as we sit and rest, as we don't let the past hinder us, as we see each other after the Spirit and allow the saints to speak to us in the spirit about who we are remember how far we've come in terms of manifestation of Christ from the very moment we were born of him we were as righteous as we were ever going to be we were as we were holy we were as holy as we were ever going to be we were fit for heaven the very moment we were born from above for we were, there, we were then from above and therefore heirs and sons of God. But the process is the process of manifestation, of renewal of the mind, where we bear fruit and more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. But the tree is always the tree. The orange tree does not become an orange tree because it finally puts forth its first orange. Nobody says that, okay, yeah, I planted this orange tree in my yard, or I planted this tree in my yard, And we can't wait for the day that it's going to become an orange tree. We're waiting for the day. And then a year later, the first orange comes forth, and you celebrate that, oh, we finally got an orange tree. Look, see the orange tree. We finally got an orange tree. Now we can say we have an orange tree. No, man doesn't, we don't say that in the natural. But the orange tree is an orange tree in the seed, it's in the seed. And when it's put in the ground, it, it manifests with a little green twig. And you know what that little green twig is? It's an orange tree. It's an orange tree. But the manifestation of the fruit of that life takes time, and that's so it is in our lives. But the whole time, we rest. One of the secrets of, um, in creation is to see the, the spiritual things hidden in the way God created things. One of the cool things about seeds is that when you plant a seed and a tree grows and bears fruit, the seed never moves from that location. Isn't that cool? Because that is a picture of your foundation in Christ. Jesus himself said, I am a seed. Unless I fall into the ground and die, then I abide alone and no one can be joined to God. But he died, and now we're joined to him, and that seed never moves. So we're not to be moved from our our foundation of who we are in him. We can't improve on it. We can only grow in it and manifest more and more. That's rest. That's peace. That's God's way. Even in creation, we can see it. You don't see trees jumping up every five, four or five years and walking with their roots and I'm gonna try it over here. You know, you don't see that. Why don't you see that? Because it's it's unnatural because God made the invisible things of God are clearly seen. The scripture says by the things that have been made and created, so we can learn so much about God by by the the visible creation. Because it speaks of invisible things, the things of God, Romans 1 says. Paul says, now that you have being rooted and grounded in Christ, rooted and grounded in Christ, be built up in him. Rooted and grounded in Christ, be built up in him. So anyway, those are some thoughts that as I approach a new year or whatever, I just think back and... um, these are, the th- these are the kind of thoughts that come from understanding the grace of God. Because the religious mind, everything I just said this morning probably would not have even been thought of by the religious mind. The religious mind doesn't think like that. The natural mind doesn't think like what I just said. It doesn't fit. And that's why it's so important that we... You know, let this, this new mind that is in us permeate our thoughts so we can be people of peace and rest, bearing much fruit, enjoying the present moment in Christ and encouraging our brothers and sisters and watch, watch the miracles that happen as we, we live in this place of favor with God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Let's, Let's just close right here. Lord, thank you so much. Teaching us your ways. Your ways are not our ways. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so are your ways different from our ways in the natural. But we're learning. For all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Oh, what a rest. For the Lord is our shepherd. We shall lack nothing. You lead us beside still waters and into green pastures. You lead us into the paths of righteousness for your namesake. We live and act like your kids. Full of mercy. <sighs> you deliver us from evil. You, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We fear no evil. For you are with us. Your rod and your staff comfort us. Protecting us from wolves. Keeping us. Our cup runs over with the blessing and favor of God. And truly, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. The Good Shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Come away, my beloved. Come away. Come to me. Hear my voice. My sheep, hear my voice. Fear not. Amen.